Welcome to Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton, American style. We're still working on what that means, everybody, so be patient. Joining me today is a familiar face, a familiar voice, uh, just a familiar aura all around. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of uh, Toffee Targets and the Broken Anchor, we have Jake Holton in the house. That's right. I used the terminology from the 90s. Jake, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, I, I told you off camera, I'm going to say to everybody else, I have a headache. So I may even be more nonsensical than normal. And, and people will be like, did Jerry drink? No, Jerry didn't drink. Jerry just can't think with headache. So yeah. So so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a lot of deflecting and focusing on you. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. So really quick, before we get to a, a big time talking point for North American toffees right now, I have to ask. So right now, Jake, everything's doing okay. It's just okay though, right? Yeah. You, you got a team that you support that is – kicking ass oh yeah so can we can you talk a little bit about that because then i'm going to delve into another question after that to immediately follow it yeah so uh baseball season kicked off on last thursday a week ago today um in that time frame the cincinnati reds have scored i think it was uh 46 runs in six games uh, they outscored the Pirates like 30-something to 7 or something along that lines. Uh, it's, been, it's been insane, but it has been so much fun. Um, a new play-by-play -play announcer on the TV side who is getting nothing but praise, which is yeah. good to see, um, especially how things kind of went last season with Tom Brenneman and that whole fiasco. Right. So uh, it's good. They're going out West, play good out West, and you're setting yourself up here. So, um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, they swept the Pirates, and the Pirates are really bad. And I'm like, well, yeah, they did. But, you know, the Cubs didn't put up these numbers against the Pirates. So, you know, and the Cubs were playing at home too. So, you know, you mm -hmm. got to take the wins that you can get. But, yeah, I'm super excited. And late night Reds baseball returns tomorrow night, which is great. You get to mm -hmm. stay up late, watch the Reds, lead into my weekend. So I'm, I'm all about it. So for everybody watching that is perhaps not from America, to That's both true. of you. No. Uh, yes. So, so, uh, so uh, for those folks out there, this is, this is Jake's local, Cincinnati Reds. Uh, he's been it's baseball, and he's been. I, you've been following them all your whole life. Pumps through my veins. So the it's the equivalent for you, the way Everton is for a lot of the folks uh, in England, for the most part, uh, and the folks in America who somehow grew up supporting 
Everton, which is kick ass. But uh, yeah, any differences that you've noticed about your allegiance to the Reds versus like a lot of the Blues, you know, and how they, how you got the, or are there, or is it more similarities that you've noticed? It's it's a lot different. Um, baseball is more of a niche sport in America, I would say, nowadays. It's probably lagging behind. It's starting to lose that. You know, you hear all the time the, the demographic of the baseball fan is getting older mm. and they're having a hard time attracting younger fans to the game. Um, it's, it's nowhere near as popular, uh, but I would say that the diehards are are true to the team no matter what's going on you know uh from 2014 until 2019 they were awful just dreadful bad every single year and you had your moments you know you had the scooter Jeanette four home run game and you had some some mishmash of guys and some cool things happened Derek Dietrich Yasiel Puig, you know, some, some good moments, but uh, in terms of, of passion, I don't think it's nearly on par as what, what, uh, what the Everton supporters are in Liverpool. Mm. Um, now, that being said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say it, like, I, I don't think there's anything that can compare to opening day in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, in terms of Everton football. Like, it's just, it's it's really special, and I, I tell anybody who's a baseball fan, if you are a true baseball fan, uh, one opening day that you have to go to at some point in your life, find your way to Cincinnati and, and hang out for the day because it's it's the parade, it's, you know, the party at the banks, and it's the game itself. It's, it's, it's really special, and um, baseball fans should, should really be trying to get in on that. No, to to hear you talk about that, it's yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Do you think that having such ties from when you were so young to a team and being so passionate, do you think that helped you uh, launch into being passionate about uh, about a an English football team? You know, it's really funny about yeah. No, it's really funny because I never really envisioned myself getting too into it. I was always a casual World Cup watcher since, you know, 2010 was like the first World Cup that I remember all of. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I remember the end of the 2006 World Cup, Zidane Zidane headbutting that guy square in the chest and getting sent off. Super awesome moment. But I didn't really start following the World Cup closely until 2010 which was a lot of fun. I thought the South Africa World Cup was a lot of fun. The Vuvuzela was very annoying, uh, but the soccer was excellent. Um, and then 2014 rolled around, and that was like peak U.S. men's national team hype was 2014. Um, and all across the country, massive watch parties. Everyone wanted to be a part of it. Uh, we have a, a place in Cincinnati called Fountain Square, giant crowd watching soccer in Fountain Square. Um, and it, it, it just, it was really awesome. And I remember watching and the players were awesome, but I never, I never really envisioned myself, even, even after I decided I'm going to start watching the Premier League, I never really envisioned myself being a super diehard supporter of a club. 
I just thought, you know, this is something I can do on the weekends. I'll sit there, I'll watch by myself. I'll, you know, I'll have a team and it'll be, it'll be fun, but I, I don't see myself being like super into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you, you start watching Everton football club and slowly the, the roots start to sink into you and you start to learn the history and then you start to interact with people on Twitter and then you find a group of people and then you find another group of people and then it just starts spreading and spreading and spreading and then you learn so much about it and then it just becomes a part of you and it's it's it is equally as big a part of me as as Reds baseball and, and really the Everton is the only thing that can even rival uh, my fandom of Cincinnati Reds baseball. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I think to answer your question in a roundabout way, I do think that my passion uh, growing up a Reds fan definitely made me more susceptible to being able to fully pour myself into uh, a football club. Nice. Yeah. I always like the, uh, you know, thinking about the, the teams that people pull for and uh, like when they're young, as opposed to when the teams that they sort of realize they're into when they're older and thinking about the criteria about the team, you know, the, I don't know, the, I just yeah. obsessed with that. I can't help it. I'm obsessed with fanaticism. I'm a fan of fan, really. That's what it is. Uh, so you, you beautifully segued. I don't know how you did this. You're like, you're like a magician. Uh, it's, but um, you were talking about getting on Twitter. You were talking about connecting with other, other Evertonians. Social media is awash with rumor and hearsay. Whispers all over the place. You hear just like, what is that? I don't know. Something about April 17th. That's all I know. Something about April 17th. And all the supporters groups are like sitting there like knowingly going, hey, save that date there, man. Wink, nudge, wink, <laughs> nudge. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. they, they, they know something. Jake, they know something. Something is up. Something is up. Uh, something toffee this way comes. Uh, it's... I. I North American toffees apparently are supposed to be saving the date, April 17th. Apparently strange things are going to be afoot that day. Yeah. What what are your, do you have any guesses? Porter's news was excellent with the, um, the announcement that you were going to be able to get your local supporters branded by Hummel. This is also going to be pretty spectacular uh, if I have, um, you know, they have a good track record at this point. I, I think it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, I think it is going to be a, a big coming together of some kind of all the supporter groups in, in, in some way. I don't know how it's going to work logistically, but uh, I am certainly saving the date. Lucky for me, I'm off on weekends, so I'll clear my schedule for April 17th. That day is reserved for special uh, Everton supporters um, business. A big coming together of Everton supporters. I I don't think they're going to go with with my title. Uh, I, I, I 
it's really bad. I'm loopy though, I'm gonna say it. So a big coming together, I think they should call it the Toffee Centipede. I, <laughs> I don't think they're gonna go for it, Jake. I, I, don't, uh, think, I don't think they're gonna go for it, man. Uh, I, I, I gotta lobby. I gotta lobby for the most highly why, inappropriate title. Why? 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 No. No. Why? No. <laughs> this might be the worst title I've ever heard. Who's gonna want to be a part of that? Come on, Jerry. Come on. I tell you what, the marketing is flawless. It will get no. in people's brains. Oh, they won't no. <laughs> no. No. No, absolutely not. <sighs> I'm not okay. No, I'm not okay. Uh, it's at this point, Jake, where I feel like someone needs to be, you, you can sort of need somebody beside you during these shows to hug you when necessary. <laughs> when, when I decide to get like highly inappropriate and disgusting. No, you know, in all honesty, uh, I, I actually was very curious about, like, I believe it's a virtual event. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it'll be uh, the appropriate social distances uh, observed, I, I'm assuming. I, I don't really know exactly what's going on with this. Uh, all I know is it'll be mid-April, um, and it'll be a uh, some form of a toffee fest. Toffee Palooza, Toffee Rama, Toffee Geddon, Toffee Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't know. I ran out on the last one, but it's it's not not my idea apparently. But okay, I'm trying. So honestly. Um, if the pandemic wasn't going on, I think this could be like a big thing. You know how the Premier League does those um, big events at like absolutely in, dude. in cities, yes. yes, dude. If we could do like a big one of those once the pandemic's over, mm -hmm. I'll fly anywhere in the United States. Anywhere you tell me where to be on what mm -hmm. day, I'll pack all the Everton gear I got and I will uh, hop on a plane. And I will go drink a bunch of beer and watch Everton with a bunch of uh, strange people who decided to make their weekends, you know, mostly miserable and then sometimes just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I I got pretty psyched. I'll be honest, looking at Twitter today and all seeing all the supporters groups like linking arms. It's like it's the equivalent. I was watching a, a 30 Rock last night, an old episode of 30 Rock where uh, Tina Fey's character, you know, she's like one of the bosses and all her subordinates that write for her and work for the show are out at a bar and all of them are having fun without her, you know? And she feels like really left out, especially because they have like a secret high five. It's like the, the, the top gun, up high, yeah. down low. Bang, bang. Yeah. Boom, boom, yes. It's the kind of thing I'd probably throw my shoulder out actually trying to make happen. But she got all, honestly, it was Top Gun high fives between supporters groups all day long on Twitter. And yeah. it was, it was kind of cool. It was like, you know, you'd see, 
you know, Tony's Chicago group going, hey, I think something cool could happen on April 7th. Save the date. Mm, wink. How about you, Atlanta? Oh, yeah, I think that's going to be awesome, maybe, whatever you're talking about. We don't really know. How about you, Oregon? And it's like all these boom, 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 boom. So many high fives, so many wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And yeah, it's, you know, I'm intrigued. It's marketing. It's uh, a little on the viral side going one to the next to the next. Linked, if you will. Yeah. It's it's really awesome because I, I feel like um, all of the supporter groups across the United States are trying to make this one giant cohesive group. Um, and doing that makes you the best American supporters groups in the like over, uh, you know, uh, over any Premier League team in the United States. Because, yeah, sure, maybe some Premier League teams have more fans. Uh, but if you didn't see, um, for those listening only on podcasts, I gave you the old air quotes. When the I Chris said, Farley air quotes. More fans, because, <laughs> you know, they probably don't have more fans than us. I know in Cincinnati, we're the biggest supporter group in Cincinnati. You can love it or hate it, and I know some people are probably going to hate that, but it's the truth. Look it up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to go I, off of, you know, I do like you how you went to a whisper there, like yeah, anyway, the supporters groups will hear us. Anyway, don't tell them. <laughs> no, I want them to hear it. You know what? We're the we're the biggest. We're the best in Cincinnati. You're not going to get any better. So you might as well just come join us at Dana Gardens every weekend that we're there. Um, anyway, I've seen pictures. It looks fun. No, it's it's a great time. Um, yeah, excellent group of people. And uh, but anyway, no, uh, my my large point is uh, this is this is starting to become a big deal. You know, it, it mm-hmm. used to be that you know, supporter groups obviously enjoyed each other, and everyone was always welcome whenever you were in a, a different city. But now it's becoming a really big collective. And there are mm-hmm. events going on. I mean, first there was the Hummel gear, which was a big deal. Now there's oh, going to be so this. Cool. Yeah. I got a shirt. I got a shirt for my birthday with uh, Cincinnati Toffee's Crest. Uh, my sister got hey. it for me. Hey, I'm Excellent. glad you yeah. did. I got, I did not. <laughs> um, I was secretly hoping it would happen. because It came out like before my birthday. And I was just like, oh, maybe, no. no. <laughs> so so I, I'm living vicariously through you, Jake. There we go. So it's really cool. And uh, I think things like these, these, this are going to become more regular. I think uh, once the pandemic ends, um, things between Everton in the UK and supporter groups in the USA are going to become more cohesive. I think that is something that um, the club and supporter groups are trying to build towards. Uh, it's not an easy process, I'm sure. Um, But I I think, I think that's their end game is like, they kind of want to make things more cohesive, make things easier um, for supporter groups over here to be bigger supporters of Everton football club. Well, connecting them is massive. You know what I mean? Uh, Sitting there and, you know, share that shared, uh, you know, Evertonian humanity 
You're like, oh yeah, I, I see you on Twitter all the time. Holy crap, you're a real person. And you're wearing the shirt, you're wearing your profile pic. Holy crap. I remember liking something you said when you were like, hey, be patient with DCL. I agreed with you. Boop, and that's cool. You know, there's a lot of, and plus it's just a lot of like basic, you know, just, just connecting. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just to have a shared thing that you all like. You know, that you can talk about, connect over. Yeah. You don't have to really have much in common as people. You know what I mean? You really don't. You know, you share that, you at least got something. You know, which is, you know, it's kind oh, right. of beautiful. So, uh, I, I get the vibe that the the uh, the supporters groups and all those guys, they, uh, all those people, they've been keeping this, they've had to keep some things under their hat for a while because of the pandemic, because of the, you know, keeping those plans held back. Um, I will say this, even pandemic notwithstanding, I still haven't witnessed anything like the cohesion and communication between the groups. I never have seen anything like that. Never for Everton when it comes to Twitter stuff and North America, never. And they're, they're breaking some cool ground and it's exciting to see, you know? Um, yeah, man. Uh, it, it's, uh, I remember we were talking, somebody asked a question in an earlier episode, on an early episode, like uh, U.S. presence in America, or, or uh, for Evertonians, um, Evertonian presence in America. And I remember my answer was, it could be more. It could be more. We can we can do better. Um, and what's cool is some people thought that already, and they were already working on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, right. really, this is this is laying the blueprint uh, for other supporter groups. This is going to be like the the example, like oh, if you want to be connected and cohesive. Look at what the Everton supporter groups did because that's the way to do it. They have to call it that. Their plan to like build, they have to call it the blueprint, man. Has I to get happen. It. No, I get you, it. you said it and I was just like, ha ah! <laughs> Jake, you're brilliant. I get it. <laughs> I live with me every day, Jake. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, anyway, in summation, in closing, uh, April 17th, save the date. Um, yeah. Things are happening. Things are cooking. Tingling. Blue things. Tingles. And we move on. That was a good toss. I, 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 I sincerely apologize to everybody for my creative idea concepts. Yeah, you did. You, yeah, you owe you everyone an apology for sure. I did it. I did. It's over now, though. You know, it can't over. hurt you anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn, that was, that was really funny to me. Sorry. Unless you go back and listen to it again, then it will hurt you one more time. Absolutely. Don't do that. Don't. Don't do it. Oh, not to no one. All right. So. Uh, we're going to go into Palace, then maybe into Mailbag, and then 
and then a Brighton preview. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the Palace match. Um, I didn't get to watch it live. Did you? I did. I was at work, so I was kind of in and out. And... Okay. By the way, I, I you were frozen for me just then, and it was like, it sounded like you were on like auto tune, and someone was like, "Yeah, same thing happened to you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, you want me to repeat but, my answer? It, you know what I my what I gathered is you had your the game on. Let me see if I've communicated this properly. Okay. If I'm translating, yeah. you uh -huh. had the game on while you were at work, but you were having yeah. to work, so you weren't able to give it your full attention. But you were able to see a little bit. Yeah, I think that's the gist of it. That because it was my that's my gist too because I had it on uh, at my work, and I would just look over. So like, you know, I'd get busy and then I'd come back and look over and be like, hey, that's not bad, you know? Um, but yeah. Good, the good thing is like at my work, I was able to keep it side by side. So I was basically able to keep one eyeball on the action at all times, just mm -hmm. never full attention. So I got to see the whole match, just, you know, not how I wanted it to. Yeah, I know. I can split my eyeballs. I was going to say like. I can't actually do that. That'd be weird. I mean, you, I feel like people who can do that, they have a glass eye and they make it look like they're doing that. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, final score. This is not a spoiler. If you don't know the score by now, then... It's definitely get, not a spoiler. Get your Everton stuff together, all right? Check the scores, for goodness sake. 1-1 uh, one, one draw. Yep. Felt a little uh, like a loss due to the points dropped. Um, and due to the sheer amount of opportunities that were squandered on our part. Yeah. Um, however, let's start positive. Let's start. Oh, I'm going to be positive, do the whole thing. What's that? It's like the crowd. Uh, you you want to start? Where do you want to start? I was going to ask if you wanted to start with Hamas's goal, but you want to start somewhere else? No, that's fine. That's a good starting point. Um, you know, Everton had a – gosh um, – I don't know how many chances before that. At least three good goal-scoring opportunities before that Hamas shot. Probably four. Uh, I, I don't know the exact number because I did, like I said, miss some of the game. So, yeah, it was at least three before that Hamas shot went in, um, which is funny. That Hamas goal is really funny uh, because we had uh, a bunch of easier goal-scoring opportunities leading up to that goal. Um, that ball came – in from Seamus Coleman. There's at least two defenders in front of him. The keeper is right near that near post, and he still finds a way to hit it with power on his weaker foot, get it underneath and behind all the defenders and inside the right post. And I'm just like... I didn't even see a gap. I didn't I'm even like, see a gap, man. How did he get that? In? I don't even understand it. And I wanted to get really excited at work because I saw it go in and it felt like a big relief. And I'm like, okay, that will get these guys going. That won't be the last goal that we score in this match. Unfortunately, it was. However, banging goal. This is the second time we've seen James hit something with his weaker foot and, and just do something spectacular. It's almost like he doesn't have much of a weaker foot. Like his right foot is his... Weaker foot. There's those air quotes again. Um, but 
he doesn't really have a weaker foot. We've seen him curl a ball after taking a slight touch with his right foot from the edge of the box, and now we've seen him hit it with power on his right into a small gap on the past the near post, right past the keeper who's standing right there. So, you know, excellent goal. One of the top goals of Everton this season, really. Did you see that touch in the first half? I think it was Coleman crossed it to him, and he used it. I, it I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember if it was his left or his right, where he reached up and brought it down and shot and shot, shot sailed high. Yeah, um, I do remember that, touch, that. He chested it down, chested it down right to well, his it, left foot, and no, was I his, thought was he was going to bang it in. Yeah. The one I'm talking oh, about it was, was his, actually foot. his foot. It was his foot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It, you're right. It was, it was an amazing – oh, the touch was so – really nice. I honestly thought he was going to put that in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he had somebody pretty close to his face there, so he felt like he had to rush it. So the, he put it down, and he was bou- the ball was bouncing, and he felt like he had to str- – he struck it early, so it sailed over, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Got a little bit nervous um, trying to just make sure it got off. Uh, really cool to see him back. Cool to see him playing. Uh, cool to see him produce. It producing. just changes the team. It changes the team when he's in the side. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, he just – there were a couple balls. It's just – there when he's out of the lineup, there's nobody else pinging it to the left side on Luca Dean bombing down the left flank. Nobody. Nobody's doing it. Yeah. It's always there. That pass is almost always there if you've got the skill to find it. And James is always looking for that pass, and that just opens things up. Um, that's what created a lot of those chances is getting Luca Dean out in space on the left side, more attention's needed out there. It creates better opportunities for everyone else. So it's always good to have Hamas in their lineup. You're right. Great to see him back. Yeah. Um, who else do you feel like had a good, a good game? Who else really stuck out for you? Like, you know what? They were, they, they, they were solid. I think the obvious choice is, choice is Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman had an excellent match. It's the next um, name I wrote good, down. Let's had a good skip. assist. Um, maybe could have had another one, I think. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I'm going to go with a third player in Mason Holgate. I thought Mason Holgate was excellent um, in that match. And mm-hmm. In terms of defenders, he was the best one on the pitch. He was far better than Michael Keane was. He was better than Yuri Mina. Mm-hmm. Um, and that pass to Dominic Calvert-Lewin was oof, chef's kiss. Just unbelievable. I, I can't, like, like, there have been a couple of those passes uh, that have gone to waste uh, this season. The other one that comes to mind is that Alon outside of the boot to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and he yeah. just couldn't bring it down. And I'm just like, if he brings that down, he's so in on goal, and it's so a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now this time mm. he, he finds Dominic Calvert-Lewin with, mm. with an unbelievable pass out from the back and, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin can't get around Guaita and, and shoots it right at him. I saw, I actually saw what he was trying to do. And I don't think this has been pointed out enough. I think he was trying to get it through his legs. Um, I think mm. that's what he was going for. If, if I'm looking at it correctly, cause I have watched that a couple of times, and I think he thought his legs were going to be a little bit more open than they were, yeah. uh, but Guaita did a good job of closing it down. Uh, but, I mean, I will say he, he should have finished it. Tell you what, Guaita had a game. Oof. Had a game, that Oof. guy. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, it was, it was to, to our, uh, yeah, to our detriment. Uh, he, yeah. he, he looked solid. Um, just, I don't know if I was expecting that. Um, now, do I feel like we maybe could have done a little bit better job with uh, placement on our shots? Yep. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, probably. But mm-hmm. he still, I mean, you still have to make those saves. It's not like every single one was right at him. He made several stretching out. Uh, two yeah. on two on Richie that were just bonkers. Yeah. The one where Richie's hitting it to the far left corner and Guayeta gets down on his right and, mm-hmm. and gets a finger dip to it. That was that was late in the game. I think that was the last shot that Richie had on target. Yeah. Um and then there was the other one where Richie's on the left side of the box shooting towards the right corner. And Guaita barely gets a palm to it, and it goes yeah. out of bounds. And I'm like, how does he even get a hand to that ball? He's got no business saving that shot. Yeah. Uh, very frustrating. So you've mentioned both Richarlison and DCL. Yeah. They're my next topic of conversation. Okay. A lot of divided opinions as far as their finishing on the socials okay um because there was a lot of there were a lot of chances yeah there were um they had a lot of chances and i would i would probably say richarlison i feel like had the bulk of them yeah um you're a pretty like positive guy yeah you're usually not one to uh dwell on, on on negativity when it comes to young players with a lot of potential who have had pretty darn good seasons. Uh-huh. Um, so I feel like I know the answer to this question, but how are you feeling about the, uh, you know, not very clinical finishing on, the, on behalf of those two? I don't, I don't put too much stock in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because Dominic Calvert-Lewin, for example, he's finishing – goals with a lot less expected chance of finishing goals like so I hate to bring up stats into this because I like to keep stats kind of separated when I'm talking about finishing I don't know I'm not a big proponent of xg but uh Dominic Calvert-Lewin is finishing goals with low expected goals at an insane rate so usually usually he's getting scraps and putting it in the net. It's highly unlikely that if a game like this comes around for Dominic Calvert-Lewin again against Brighton, that he's going to score zero goals. My guess would be if he has, I would say he had at least three opportunities in the game against Crystal Palace. If he has three more opportunities at least good opportunities against Brighton, he's putting one in the back of the net. And I would, I would venture to guess that he puts two in the back of the net against Brighton. He's just – people saying that he's not a clinical finisher is, is just a little weird to me. Um, mm-hmm. I also saw people comparing him a lot to Romelu Lukaku, who leading up to the Crystal Palace match, I, I did see a, a compilation of Lukaku goals yeah. in Everton. And, all, and a lot of people were – you know, uh, reminiscing about the days of, of Romelu Lukaku, and for good reason. Um, 
And then after that match, you know, your people were like, oh, well, you know, Rom would have had a hat trick and Rom would have done this and that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, because Romelu Lukaku is one of the best strikers in the world. Okay. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is not that yet. I think he has potential to be one of those top strikers, maybe not on the level that Romelu Lukaku is, uh, but we can't, it's just, it seems weird to, to turn your back. I saw a lot of, oh, well, we clearly need to buy a different striker if we want to be playing in the Champions League. And I'm like, that's, that's a bit of an overreaction in my opinion. But no, I don't, I don't really put stock in people saying that they weren't clinical enough. Uh, Richarlison, completely unlucky to not score a goal. Victim of some really good Guayeta saves. Um, so... It is what it is, uh, but people do have the right to complain about not finishing those chances in that game because if they do, it's a it's a an absolute beatdown of Crystal Palace at home. I think the thing it's a frustration, and I think a, a lot of people are trying to figure out what to do with that frustration. Right? What do you do with it? You watch your team. You feel like your team has created enough chances enough quality chances. It's not just shooting from 30 yards and having it scrape the keeper's glove, you know, and the, you know what I mean? But the keeper didn't really have to put much effort into it. These were good chances. Um, there are a lot of good chances. And I, I, I get the frustration. Um, but I also feel like uh, I saw a DCL post on Twitter saying nowhere to hide. I didn't do a good enough job. That's pretty cool. He All owned right. it. Yeah, he owned it. And you know what? Uh, I've got respect for that. And I, I also think there's a lot of people that I think are forgetting some things about the way Lukaku played with us. Okay? With Lukaku, you also got a guy who the ball would pop off his foot often, pretty far. The first touch, he lost a lot of balls on the first touch. Okay. Also, you got somebody who seemed like he was complaining a lot. Attitude would, would, would seem like he was sulking. And additionally, there were times where it didn't really seem like he was working super hard. All right. And people had some issues with him. People had some issues with him. Now, one of the more uh, like clinical goal scorers that I've ever seen. You know, but we had, we had games where we wished he'd have finished for us. People yeah. were pissed at him. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know? And by the way, just to be clear, I'm I don't have I don't really have a whole lot against Lukaku. You know? He's a great player no. right now. In I'm, fact, I'm, I'm, I'm I love of, I love him. Yeah. I'm proud of the fact I feel like he the, the person he was leaving Everton, the person at United, I get the vibe he's done a lot of growing up since he went to Inter. You know? And you're well, and, fully yeah, allowed to do I that. Think, <laughs> I think Manchester United hum- humbled him a little bit. Yeah. He was he was a big fish in a small pond at Everton. I'll give him that. He was he was too big for this club, at least where it was at that time. Now, if he was at this club right now, it would be perfect. It would be so perfect. Um he's a he's not old. He's getting older. I think he might be around my age. I think he's like 27, 28, 29, somewhere in that range. Um, but I think Manchester United humbled him a little bit. He was still putting up good goal numbers 
And that entire fan base just kind of slagged him off. And I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And I think he understood that he had to get away from that toxic environment. Inter came in for him. And now he's playing like a madman at Inter again. He has slimmed down a little bit. He's playing with a lot of really good players uh, that play well with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's kind of, I think he's kind of found his home. It's a big enough club and they're probably going to win the title this year. Pretty cool for him. That's a cool thing. Uh, It'll be his first title, which is awesome. Um, And he's going to be the leading goal scorer for Inter Milan, which is awesome. And, you know, so uh, he's found his home uh, and he speaks fondly of his time at Everton, which I, I appreciate, you know, he, whenever, whenever he gets asked about it on Twitter, he's like, I loved Everton, which I appreciate, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to harbor any ill will towards his old club. I feel like he's just grown up. I feel like he's grown up. And I've, I'll tell you right now, if people were coming at me online uh, for, you know, me when I was age 21, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not in that kind of spotlight. And they'd be sitting there talking about all this dumb shit that I did, you know? So uh, to be fair, people are allowed to, are allowed to grow, grow up. And the fact that he's like so classy, about Everton now comes across that way anyway. It's cool. It's good energy, man. I think he's he seems like he's not really all about the negativity anymore. Seems like he's all about moving forward, which I feel like is a smart plan. You know, worry about right now. You know, um, so anyway, back to the question though. Uh, I I actually have a lot of faith in DCL based on the growth. Yeah. I, I think I think about the growth. Every single year, um, and then, but I, you know, I get people are frustrated. Say what you need to say, as long as it's, you know, <laughs> you know what? That, that's the problem. It, it's it's going to get it's going to get disrespectful sometimes. That sucks. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, uh, if you, and also you know what you know something for a lot of people it helps to blame. You know, to point and say, their fault. You know. I don't know. I hate it, but I also think when you've got young players, young players are going to have to continue to come of age. People, after after a draw like that, where you're winning, you're winning, you're winning, you're winning, bang, draw at the end of the match, um, after so many missed chances throughout the entire match, I think people kind of lose perspective sometimes. Yeah. Um, the thing we have to remember is that two more league goals and Dominic Calvert-Lewin will have 15 Premier League goals, all from open play. Um, and not a lot of people can say that. He's one of the top scorers outside of penalties in the entire Premier League this season. And mm-hmm. that includes the likes of uh, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. Uh, the only one that's really uh, beating him out now, and, and he's pulling away, is Harry Kane. But, like, come mm-hmm. on. Harry Kane, in my opinion, is the best. He's, he's the best striker in the Premier League. He's probably he's definitely a top five striker in the entire world. I'd probably put Robert Lewandowski as the number one, and I might put Harry Kane at number two, and I might put Romelu Lukaku at number three. Like if you're asking me for a top three right now, I'd, I that's that's probably the order I'd go. And Harry Kane can can just score with the best of them. So um, Dom's got twenty plus league goals for 
for the season, I believe. I think he's mm-hmm. over 20 in all comps. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. Okay, like I don't think we, I don't think we need to be slagging that off and telling everybody that he's awful and you know, it just is what it is. Sometimes you're gonna have bad days. Sometimes you're gonna have bad shooting days. Even as a good striker. Yeah. Yeah, I personally, uh, I'm I'm pissed off at the draw, but I'm not really pissed off at any one player, if I'm honest. Just not. So, all right, let's move on, dude. Let's go to the mailbag. All right. And it wouldn't be a mailbag without Mm. Bowsy Toffee Tits. (laughs) Welcome back to Bowsy Toffee Tits. Yes, yes. Like me, a regular. Oh, crap. And these are hard questions. Okay. Bowsy Toffee Tits, going, and not all these are Everton. There's one non-Everton. So, you ready, Jacob, for Bowsy Toffee yes. Tits? Ready yes, to take, take Take them on. Uh, Let's do it. There were a lot of positives from the performance on Monday. If only Richie and Dom had their shooting boots on, it could have been three or four at halftime. True. Is it time to try out Josh King midway through second half with Hames, Siggy, feeding him the balls? We're so reliant on Richie and Dom, we could ease the burden with the near full-strength squad back. Praise for the return. I mean, Alan, Alan played, right? No, Alan was out. He was uh, he was a mysterious scratch. Oh, that's Nobody right. Yeah, I'm brain on. farting right now. And yeah. then it was revealed that he had quote a little problem that kept gotcha. him out of the match, which was a bummer. Yeah, I brain farted. I completely forgot about that. Um, but yeah, praise for the return of Alan, which of course. You know, and um, DeCorey was the one that really got to me, by the way. That injury is crushing me. Uh, do you think it's realistic to get six wins from our final nine games? Oh, wow. No. Uh, six wins from nine, that's insane form. And quite frankly, Everton have not been on that form since the beginning of the season. Um, they've gone through some stretches where they've won like four in a row, but six wins from nine that is asking an awful lot um and i don't even think you need to win six out of the nine matches to make europe i think if you win four or five of those matches and things go your way fifth place is doable sixth place is definitely doable um to answer the josh king question no i don't want josh king anywhere near this starting lineup i don't think I think it's been a horrible. Oh no, that's not the. That wasn't the question. Oh, this wasn't the question. I thought it was part of the question. Josh, okay. Josh King midway through second half. Oh okay. Oh well, even still, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm I am not a, a big Josh King fan. I think he's come in and hasn't done anything. I ha- I don't think he's shown anything in training, and I think that shows because he's getting very limited opportunities. And I, I don't really think you're gaining anything by taking Dominic Calvert-Lewin out of a match. Dominic Calvert-Lewin does more than just score goals. He's excellent in his hold-up play. He is quick for 90 minutes. He's got really good stamina. Um, his jumping ability is better than probably just about anyone else on the team. Um, his ability to win a heading duel 
uh, over anyone and flick it on is way better than what Josh King can provide. I, I just don't, Josh King doesn't provide any kind of upgrade and enough of an upgrade, even in the second half to take Dom off the pitch. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, like, is that um, the, is that the, is it a possibility to do it without taking Dom off the pitch? So if it's a situation where we, because he's come in in the past, like this season, when he's come in, uh, it's been on the wing often. Um, you know what I mean? Like one of those forward, yeah. like a right forward type of position. Yeah. Um, um, it depends on what the formation is. It depends on what the situation is. Absolutely. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not a big Josh King fan. I don't really see why they brought him in because he hasn't. He hasn't shown me anything. Even when he's on the pitch, he hasn't shown me anything that I'm like, wow, he's someone who can really make an impact. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've been very against this signing since even before it happened. I was talking in a group text with Everton supporters, and I'm like, this guy ain't it. Like, he's just, I mean, he's just not it. I, I guess they feel like they didn't have any other options and he's like an emergency if Dom goes down striker, which is mm-hmm. fine, I guess. But that's all he should be. He's on the bench in case somebody gets hurt. And to me, that's fine. But it's been it's been a waste of money. It's well, been frustrating. Well, the deal he's on is really short term, right? Yeah, it's, it's only really till short- the end of the season, but like like I I don't I, I wasn't a I don't mind the deal. I thought the deal could have been fine. Especially I mean, Ancelotti tends to get the best out of players, right? And we're talking about a player who has done it in the Premier League before. So that's good. Um but I mean I think you said it right. Clearly he's not showing a lot in training because he's not getting many minutes. And we were we were really hoping to get with him a player who could uh who could find a way to get into positions to be able to be clinical in front of goal, you know? And I haven't really seen him when he plays to get a lot of opportunities in front of goal. He's usually not that close to goal uh, in the games when he's in. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. Uh, the only reason I would want to see him is if, if he's doing something in training, if he's not earning it, I don't want him on the field. That's where I would agree with you, Jake. I would agree. Like, and I feel like that's why you don't see him on the field. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Do I, do I feel like he could maybe provide a spark? Yeah. Do I feel like there are other players who could potentially provide that spark who may be showing more in training? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm probably a little bit more positive about him than you are. I don't know. What you, why, why do you not like him? My gosh. I, it's not that I don't it's not that I don't like him. I'm just he's not gonna provide anything to Everton in terms of being a super sub. Not in my opinion. The I was the best thing really that he's hoping done, you would, but you probably were right. <laughs> um the best thing that he's done was he won that free kick late on in the United match that led to the, the equalizer. He did. That's, That's the only thing Josh King has done, which fair play to him. Thank you for that. That was an awesome moment. I would agree. Ooh, sorry. I, I still like him a lot more than Fabian Delph. Is that hard, Jake? Is that a feat? Look, man. 
me, me and Fabian Delph, we're never going to get along. I want him out of the club, and I want him out of the club yesterday. And this is the point where you look out your window, and Fabian Delph is standing outside with his boom box. I would fight him. Playing, playing Peter Gabriel. Oh, come on, man. I would fight, I would maybe, fight Fabian Delph. Fabian Delph with Peter Gabriel. Just saying. He's here. Nah, he, get out He's the here club. to apologize. Get out the club. I will call a cab for him right now, wherever he wants to go. He doesn't care about Everton Football Club, so I don't care about him. Keep it positive, though. Yes. Positivity. So we're going to jump to Bowsy Toffee Tits' second question, because i got to be wow. honest. Bowsy Toffee Tits. That's positive. So this is a good question for Old Man River here, but The Goonies or Back to the Future? Have you seen both the movies? I've seen one of the movies, and you can probably guess which one I've seen. You've seen Back to the Future, haven't you? That's right. That's correct. You haven't so, seen Goonies. No, I haven't. What are they teaching our kids now? What well, look, are man, they? What is, no. <laughs> I will, here's what I'll say, Jake. You should watch it. It's really fun. It's really fun. I mean, it's got little kids cussing, man. What else do you want? There's really nothing yeah. else you need. It's an adventure yeah. thing, and little kids are cussing. There's a map. Pirates. Yeah. Hey, you great. guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, slop. Yeah. Good stuff. I uh, we I had I had both of those. Full disclosure, I love both films. I quote both of them just absurdly way too much. Uh, and uh, we had both films. We recorded both off of I guess HBO with our '80s VCR. It's called. They, yeah. There were two two brands back in the day: VHS and Beta. And VHS took off like a rocket. That's what everybody had. We had Beta. No one had it. No one. So we couldn't rent movies. Man, if you still have that machine somewhere. I do. I'll tell you what. I, I do. It's at my Oh parents. man, it's probably worth something. All of my family's old whole movie whole movies are on it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh but the quality. But we recorded everything on beta and we had, you know, you know, put a little sticker on it and write the name of it. But yeah, we had Goonies and Back to the Future. We wore those tapes out, man. I love them both. But I gotta be honest. Back to the Future is more the movie for my family, for the whole family, including my parents. Goonies is the movie for me, my brother, and my sister. You know, because it's more, it's a little more brazen. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it's speaking to the kids more. Kids going off, going into tunnels and caves and having adventures with pirate maps. And yeah, just saying. Goonies is probably my jam, but I feel it feels like sacrilege saying that because I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. I have shirts of both though. So Bowsy Toffee Tits, what you're doing, you're splitting my soul. That's mean. That's very mean. So uh, next from Instagram. Uh. Hold on. R. Zarichnak. Zarichnak. I'm butchering this. No, Zarichnak. 
Sorry about the name pronunciation. Yeah, you know, I, I think the final try I just gave was actually pretty good effort. Probably the best one. What is, yeah. So I think it's a good question, though. How much will making the top six affect the type of players that we can go after in the summer? That's a good Ooh, question. That is a good question. I've had this discussion in that same group tech I was, text I was talking to you about. I had that we, – we, we, ha- we have this discussion a lot. Uh, we have the discussion about what the impact is of Europe and obviously Champions League, which is probably dead now, but that is what it is. Um, that was always going to be a stretch anyway. Um, I'm of the belief that even if Everton by some miracle do not make Europe, they will still be able to get really good quality players in the door. Cause you have to think, about what happened this past summer. And there has been some dispute about how good, you know, how how much of the quality of players Everton brought in the last summer, but I'd have, I think you'd have to be nuts to not understand. Yeah. Um, Everton brought Hamas Rodriguez in there. And, you know, everyone always wants to make caveats about, well, oh, well, you know, Hamas Rodriguez, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't really going to go anywhere else. He's been pretty down. And then Alan and everyone's like, oh, well, Alan, uh, is he really that good of a player? And Ducore, and he's, like, oh, du- he's Ducore. He was playing at Watford. And I'm just like, man, you people want to put all these caveats on these things, but Alan, Ducore, and James Rodriguez are all star players. Like, they are all big, good players. Um, and when you have Carlo Ancelotti at the helm, and you have a state-of-the-art stadium that will be built in three years' time, and you are right on the cusp of Europe. If not, you are in Europe. You can bring in massive quality of players. Mm-hmm. Just look at everyone that Everton is being linked with right now and compare it to all the players that Everton were being linked with maybe two years ago. You have to, that makes a difference because two years ago, God, I mean, every once in a while you'd get linked with somebody and it's like, yeah, right. That's, that's dreaming for the stars. But now, now that you got James Rodriguez in the door, now anything kind of feels possible. Adrian Rabio, that's a, that's a legitimate link. I think, you know, Paulo Dybala, Paulo Dybala is being linked with Everton for crying out loud. If that were to actually happen, people's heads would fall off. Are you kidding me? Like, the links are not always accurate, but the links kind of do paint a picture of the quality of player that Everton are looking to bring in. And whether or not they get Europe, I, I, I don't really think it's going to play an impact. Although getting Europe would certainly open the door for more players. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not that naive. It's interesting. The players we brought in, two are for now now. Two were immediately like, we're not going to have them super long time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. One of them was for the future future and Godfrey. Yep. Right? Yep. I and, about ben Godfrey, my God. Yeah. And so he's going to be around for a while, for a long yes. while, in terms of being a good player for a long while. Decore, yeah. maybe fewer years, but 
it's also more of an investment in like the next five. Yeah. You know, he's a player. Now, but that's kind of, that's where we're at though. It's a situation where right now without Europe, we got to think about players that have connections to Carlo. Right? Yeah. Who can play now, now. Everything that's happening now is happening yeah. now. What happened then? We passed it. Went just now. Okay? That was Spaceballs, by the way. So. Mm-hmm. I've seen, that's a great movie. So. We're going to have issues with these, these really great players who are going to give us that longevity if we don't have Europe. Who are going to give the, the, the prime examples uh, of elite talent at their position. We're going to have trouble bringing them in until we have Europe. It's going to be harder, right? It's going to be harder unless they have connections to Carlo or unless we sell them in the project, right? Um, so, so, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's where we're at. That's why people are asking, like, why bring in these older players? Well, we need people now. We need people now. We need elite talent now. We need to be able to draw other people in. Yep. Okay? So, Alan and uh, Hamas, we knew they'd be hurt. Some we knew, we knew it would happen. All right. The hope is we had, we could we could fill the gaps and hopefully they would have more of an impact during the games they played and we'd have a good enough record to get into Europe and bring bring those other players in who have more longevity, who are more for the future. So, uh, so that's kind of where we're at. Um, we're going to be able to. I mean, I do think it's going to be easier. I agree. I think people have seen what we brought in and I think they see that there's a project happening and there's some exciting stuff going down. Like really, I don't, I, I, I agree with Jake. Uh, I don't think it's going to be, I think we'll be able to bring some good players in. Now I don't think they're going to be top tier players yet. You know, we were linked with Lataro Martinez and I was like, I don't think we can get him. My God. Yeah. My, you know, I was like, I, I told somebody out there. You know, I told somebody if Everton signed Paulo Dybala from Juventus, I will spend the rest of next season with a shaved head the entire season, bald, just completely bald. See, I'm too old to make that. I'm worried he won't come back. So I'm just like, I will be willing to watch Jake shave his head the whole season long. Yes, I will. I will. Be his most ardent supporter. It's yeah, Martin is not happening. Dybala is, is is not happening. Yeah, yeah. But it, but the same. It, but again, these these links beginning to happen, beginning to crop up. It's cool. It's fine. It's good. That's good things. Um, that means you're linked with those, and then maybe you get more, you know, linked with the higher level. Get you know just under that level, you gradually work your way up. It's I mean it's a process. It really is. So uh, having said that, yes, we, we both feel like having Europe will affect quality of players a bit, but I don't think it's going to be as impactful. I feel like the jump, the Champions League caveat is a big one. I think if we have yeah. Champions League, which is really, you know, it's pretty unlikely. It uh, seems pretty dead at this point, yeah. It's, it's hard to say that it's a likely thing at this point. I'm not going to fully rule it out. But just because I, I never say never. You only say never, never say die, Jake. Um, if they win six out of nine, they're getting Champions League. I'll tell you that much. Let's do it. Let's 
do it. So, but I, I think that's the bigger bump is if we get Champions League, I don't think we're, we're having any trouble. Just Europe, just Europa League. I don't know if that's as big enough of a difference. And I feel like the players would be in, in for the project. I think they'd see what's going on. They'd see the manager and they'd be like, holy crap, stuff's going down. Let's, let's do this. So, all right. So get your coat on. And get. Go on. Finish it. Moving. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There All it right. is. All right. The former number one song. Hey. 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 I still get the goofy ass grin every time I hear that damn song. <laughs> what a ride we went on with that song. I still, I hope we, we, we go on a, a late tear in this season. So I just get inundated with videos to that song. Just saying. Yeah. All right, so Brighton, Monday, I believe. Uh, they're 16th in the Premier League with 32 points. They're 7, 11, and 12. Their previous three matches, they had a 2-1 loss to United, a 3-1 win or 3-0 win over Newcastle, and a 2-1 over Southampton. Possible starters would be Sanchez, White, Dunk, Veltman, uh, Gross, uh, Lalana, Basuma, Moder, Trossard, Malpe, and Welbeck. Um, is it right now like the XG Warriors? Okay. The XG Kings of the Premier League. They just, you know, they, they, they that, that one account on Twitter. If they had a good striker, they would be. That one account on Twitter, the XG philosophy always oh, shows. If they had if they had Dominic Calvert Lewin. Oh. Yeah, Brighton. Okay, so just gonna say it. They create a lot of chances. Um, I watched a mini, like a short doc, on Graham Potter. Uh, he seems like an interesting guy. Um, I think he's trying to. Build he's an interesting career. cat. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's fascinating. I think he's hyper intelligent. Um, he's trying to do something different with a club. I think the thing that if I were a fan, if I were a Brighton supporter, there, there would be times where it feels like Roberto Martinez happening. You know what I mean? Like a ton of, you're getting a ton of, you know, the ball, you're instilling a culture, seems like a super nice guy, hyper intelligent, but not always getting the results. Right. Um, so uh, just the idea, there are times where, you know, Brighton will, will give up very few shots and still lose 1-0. Um, and I think until they can kind of get over that, um, I think if they can get past that, then we're talking about a team that should be closer to mid-table, you know, instead of lurking just above record relegation. I mean, I've got respect, but I also, I will say, I also have a ton of respect for the the Deitch method, which is defend, 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 and maybe get one chance. Maybe we win. Maybe we win one nil. And this is more like chance, 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 chance. Oh crap! They scored on us. You know? <laughs> and, and so it's a lot of it's just the opposite. Um, anybody you're worried about on Brighton besides just the team creating a lot of chances in their with their style of play? 
Um, Leonardo Trossard has been really um, in top form over the last couple weeks. Um, I know he's banged in a couple goals the last couple games. I know he banged one in against Newcastle, and I think I think he banged in the winner against Southampton, if I've got that correct. Um, Leonardo Trossard has, has been a player that I've kind of admired. Um, he's somebody that I think would play well at Everton, if that were to ever become a possibility. Um, I really like him a lot. It seems weird to say this, but Danny Welbeck has been pretty good for Brighton this season. I think he's been better than Neil Mopé. Um, he's not great, but, you know, obviously he's hurt a lot, but he's a, he's a good finisher when he is around the ball. And uh, so Leonardo Trossard, I think, is the guy I'm going to go with, though. He, he kind of scares me a lot. Um, and obviously, Pascal Gross, he scored a, a free kick against Everton a couple years back, too. So, can't, can't be given away free kicks. And Trossard's, Trossard's a good free kick taker, too. So, yeah. uh, can't be given away free kick opportunities close to the box. I obsess over Pascal Gross. I've always thought he's just a very smart, you know, distributor. Uh, great with the set plays, like you mentioned. Um, I also I really like Yves Basuma as a player. Uh, I'm a sucker for a, a hardworking center mid who does the dirty yep. work, and he is. Uh, yeah, I I part part of me wanted him when we were going, we were trying to pick up, you know, a center mid. Uh, so he's a player I like, and another player I'm just gonna say. You can bang a goal in too. Yeah, you can. But the last player I'm gonna say, I just have to say it. Don't, don't say it. I don't. I don't like him. Don't I don't say like it. Him. Don't say it. I don't like him, but he's pretty good. I'll say it. La 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 la. No. Do, do, no. Do, do, do. Yeah, I don't like him. He's going to score the late winner, isn't he? I – now, I wasn't going to go there. No, no. We're not having that mentality anymore. Mentality. Mentality. <laughs> Jake. Well, actually, we're we're playing away from home, so. Oh, we're gonna crush him. We can't lose. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we just need to be super uncomfortable, and that's all we need. Yeah, I mean, we're we're all it's gravy. It's gravy. Yeah, I like it. Uh, who do you think? Uh, who thinks on start for us? You think Pickford's back? Um. I, from the sounds of it, I don't think he'll be back this week. I think he'll probably be back for the following match, which I don't know who it's against, but I know it's on a Friday uh, the following week. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, I just, well, the same week, actually. It would be Monday, and then they play on Friday, and then they play a Friday again. Um, but I don't think Pickford's going to be back. I think he'll be back for that Friday match. I think we'll see Robin Olsen in goal again. He did fine um not really much he could have done against Batshuayi it was a good shot um at first it looked like he might have it might have gone through his legs but it went over barely over his left leg which is kind of like yeah of course it did um yeah yeah the initial mistakes happened before that shot even went off so yeah 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 the switching was not good the picking up of, of runners was even worse and 
it was it was all around poor. Um, so I, I do think it'll be Robin Olsen. Obviously, you will see Luca Dean and we'll see Seamus Coleman. Both those guys played well uh, against Crystal Palace. Uh, now, as far as the rest of that back line goes, is it going to be five or is it going to be four? And that's, that's the question. thing. That's the thing is like Carlo changes it so much. Predicting it week to week is just nearly impossible. Um, I do think Yuri Mina and Michael Keane will both start because it seems like those guys start pretty much week in and week out. Um, and that's going to leave Ben Godfrey on the bench again, I think. Although I, I think I'd rather start Ben Godfrey. Carlo loves to rotate, though. It kind of makes me think Godfrey's going to be back in and it's going to be like Keane on the bench or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Keane has played a lot. And mm-hmm. Yuri Mina has played less than him because he's had injuries. So I'd be okay with that. If they slotted uh, Ben Godfrey in uh, to Michael Keane's slot and you started – if you started four at the back, but you started Holgate in just, just in front of them as like the pseudo fifth defender or holding midfielder, I think that'd be okay. Um, you're going to see Richarlison. You're going to see Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You're going to see James. Um, I think Alan will be back for this match. I think that's realistic, uh, which will be huge boost. Um Ducore is not going to be ready yet, I don't think, um, which is a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Gabamon could be a dark horse to start yeah. this match. You know, how did we not talk about him earlier? Jean-Philippe Gabamon, he's back. Uh, fun fact, I'm sure a lot of people already knew this, but in Jean-Philippe Gabamon's debut, he came on as a sub against Crystal Palace. In his first game back from injury, he came on as a sub against Crystal Palace. Now, I don't know if you remember this or not. It was almost really, really strange. But early on in the match, it looked like Andre Gomez was going to have to come off yeah, because he looked like he had picked up a knock, which would have been really – he did come off, didn't he? He came off, yeah. Gilfie yeah, Sugerson yeah. came on for him. That's right. Um, I thought he was going to put Gabamon in, and I'm like, that's just – too weird that's too weird for that to happen because that was the exact same sub that happened for his debut i would have been like that's just trippy that's just really trippy but no he came on it's good to see him i know a lot of people were upset because um the subs that carlo made a lot of people felt like kind of changed the flow of the game at least for defensively for everton and kind of threw everything out of of especially after he took coleman off yeah, taking Coleman off was, was very strange to me. Uh, of all of the substitutions, I can understand him wanting to put Gabamon on. He's got to be, like, dying to get minutes. He wants to get back out there. I don't have a problem with that. Um, even, 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 even barely holding onto a lead, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. It's, it's a cool story, and to me, that's, that's fine. Yep. Uh, but taking Shaman Coleman off, I was like, do you think he did that to uh, to save Coleman's legs because he maybe, played three international matches? Maybe, but like, I know, I know. Coleman's Coleman's also missed a lot of time this year, so like, it's not like he's got as much mileage as everyone else does this year. So yeah. I don't know, but that that I think was the thing that kind of threw everything out of whack. 
I think that's when the, the organization kind of fell apart and things just kind of went downhill. But, uh, yeah, Jean-Philippe Abemann, dark horse to start. I could see it. If Gomez is not available, which we'll have to see. I don't know how significant that injury was. Uh, a midfield of Tom Davies and Jean-Philippe Gabemon could be very interesting, I think. Um, you know, that's, that's something that could be pretty cool. I don't know how well it would work, but if you're going to try it out against somebody, Brighton away from home wouldn't be the worst team to try it out against. Um, so, yeah, James, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, Luca Dean, Ben Godfrey, Yuri Mina... Robin Olsen, Seamus Coleman, and then Tom Davies is almost a shoe in to start, and probably Alan, I would say. You think we could go back five again with Holgate, Mina, Godfrey, and Coleman, and Dean? Yeah, I think uh, so. If, if Keane's on the bench, if it is his yeah. turn. Usually he cycles through those. If we could, I, I wouldn't be completely opposed to running three with five because, you know, we we did that in the last match, and we had plenty of chances first half. I agree yeah. with you. It threw off uh, taking Coleman out. And, I mean, the only reason I scored was two players who had not been playing beside each other in that same spot had a communication breakdown. Uh, not Somebody didn't understand their role at that moment. So, yeah. Uh, Got to agree. I don't I, – I worry that Pickford's not going to be ready. So, Olsen. And, uh, yeah, man, and mad respect to uh, JPG, um, the bombing uh, coming in. I'll be, I'll be honest, though, I'll be pissed if he starts because I, yeah. I, I, I want to take our time with him. I want to be gentle with that dude. I just I, – I don't know. I'll be, I'll be pissed if he starts from the beginning because I want to make sure that we keep bringing him in late Give him minutes, get him strong, get him confident, and then, you know what I mean? Like, it just, oof. I understand that thinking, but I think the reason that we haven't seen him to this point is because they've been so careful. Right. I think, I, I think, I think they were waiting till he was 100% to even put him back to training with the mm-hmm. full squad. And I think once you're back to 100% without any questions, I think you can just kind of open it up. I think it's fine. I think mm-hmm. everything will be fine. Um, I think the Everton training staff trusts that he is healthy. I think he trusts that he is healthy. Yeah. And I think he's hungry. And I think he's ready to help get this team to where they want to go. Right. And so if if that's the case, um, it could even, hell, it could even be Alan and JPG, which would be, Cool, I think mm-hmm. if that's our midfield tandem against Brighton, that could be that could be really interesting. It would be, it would be. I I I, I want to say this: the idea of him being able to come in and and play where Decorey would be playing, I want that to happen. I want that to happen. I am just. It's like he was just so fragile. You know what I mean? It's like I want to. I want to bring him in late in the game in like four games and then give him a start. Just make sure he's getting confident on in the in the conflict, confident in the in the play to where he goes in strong in the tackles. It doesn't accidentally get himself hurt, you know, being a little shy. Uh, I don't know. I'm super nervous for the dude. 
but holy crap, I'm so happy for him. I am so happy for that guy. That's got to be yeah. hell. That's got to be terrible. So, anyway, should have been talking about him earlier. Did Jerry pass he by? He is real. Did Jerry pass by his name on his note card? Probably, because Jerry's brain <laughs> is right now. Okay, prediction time. Score. He's real. Just just in case all those people who thought he wasn't a real person. He's real, guys. He played. He, you saw it. You saw that. Oh, gosh. That's so funny. So, so what's the score going to be, dude? Uh, let's go. Three to two Everton. I think it will be a high-scoring affair. I do think Everton will put their goal-scoring woes to bed in this match I think they're I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin especially is pretty upset with himself and he is going to want to get on the score sheet more than just about anybody except maybe Richarlison because he was obviously very frustrated which by the way before we go into anything else I want to talk about that weird Richarlison free kick incident it was very strange the whole thing was so strange I didn't understand what was happening because Richarlison has literally never taken a free kick at his time at Everton, and he was, like, so adamant about taking it. And I'm like, why? Why are you so adamant? Like, why are you so adamant about taking it? Now, fair play to him. It was a decent shot, and it wasn't too far away from the goal. But, like, come on, man. <laughs> it's very, very strange behavior. What anyway, 3-1 to Everton. You said 3 That was in the first half. Sorry, 3 2 to Everton. Yeah. (laughs) I'm giving you all all these questions at once that are totally have nothing to do with each other. (laughs) My my brain is like, I can only focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, it was in the first half. It was uh, was very strange. The whole thing was very strange. And I was was paying full attention to that. Anyway, uh, yeah, 3 2 to Everton. Dominic Calvert Lewin will get on the score sheet. Um, give me another goal for James Rodriguez, and let's go with a wild card, shall we? I want to see Luca Dean get his first goal of the season. That'd be cool. Wild card, baby. Yeah, that's that's from uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie. Yeah. So um, I wrote down a one nil win, and I was going to change it to three two. But now you said 3-2, and I can't. So I have to go back to my boring 1-0 <laughs> prediction only because, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a possibility that we're going to have trouble scoring. Uh, and I could see them having more shots than us. I could see that happening. But I, I feel like I've got a little more – I've got decent faith in the defense. We got decent faith in the defense. So I'm going to be boring and say 1 0. Boring, borderline idiotic, Jake, uh, in that it mm. would not surprise me at all if we're looking at a seven goal game here. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, okay. Well, Jake, that's the show. Awesome. We're done. Well You're done. done. You made it. <laughs> you survived me it's almost a weekend yeah it is i've i've been working uh, for it really good 
Really good Friday night football match tomorrow night. Fulham taking on Wolves. Uh, Fulham trying to stay above the relegation zone. Wolves trying to, I don't know, possibly finish mid-table. I was looking at the table the other day, and I, I, I think I tweeted this out. Uh, Wolves are pretty lucky that the bottom half of the table have been thoroughly awful all season because in a good up year in the Premier League, Wolves would be fighting for their survival right now. Mm. Wolves are definitely a little down. Definitely. Um, Way down. Yeah. I'll be curious. I, I'm very curious about next season for them. Very curious. Yeah, is Raul Jimenez going to be able to come back? That's a great question. I feel I feel like he is. I think you're right. I think he is, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I, I'm not going to be able to watch it tomorrow. So thanks a lot for teasing a really cool <laughs> match. That I'm going to be yes. missing until I get home tomorrow. I'm going to same half 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 paying attention to it tomorrow. Although that's towards the end of my workday, so you know we'll see we'll see how much work I have left to get done. Yeah, I'll be out of town on a shoot for work. So, video stuff. Uh, but yeah, hmm. so hope you enjoy that one. Uh, yeah, anything else we need to plug? We need to plug uh, top fee targets. Yes. Yes, Toffee Targets. I haven't been as active on there, and I, I do apologize for that. I feel really bad about it. I've been sorely lacking in my Everton writing. I am hoping to get back um, this weekend with, well, this week with a uh, a couple of Everton pieces, hopefully a, a review of Brighton, and a, I want to do a preview of uh, whoever the hell they play on Friday, um, and then a review of whatever happens on Friday as well. I want to get back. I want to get three pieces out this week. Well, sorry, next week about Everton. That's a lot of work, man. That's a lot of work. It is. Uh, Combine that with I am probably going to get off here and write a piece uh, for the Broken Anchor about uh, the week that was in MLB. It was a very interesting week. There was a brawl, and there were some really funny troll jobs against the Astros, although it didn't seem to matter because they – they scored about a billion runs as well and won Jesus. five of their six games. So, you know, is what it is. So, uh, you mean writing, they're winning, either winning without beating on trash cans? That's crazy. Well, that's right. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> that uh, people forgot the players who were cheating are actually still really good baseball players. <laughs> um, so, uh, I should be writing about with the Broken Anchor this week. Hopefully that is out tomorrow because it's a little too late to get it out tonight. Um, that should be first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, plus, Toffee Targets, I should be getting back to those guys because I do feel really bad about not writing as much for them. But yes, you can find me there, Toffee Targets, The Broken Anchor. Okay. All right. Uh, and as for, as for me, you find me here. Uh, hmm. And in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, if you want that more personal experience. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, Twitter and whatnot. Also, there's the book back there, Randolph the Christmas Moose. Yes. Available on Amazon. It's a story about a moose that runs. Did you want to be a moose that runs one day? You could too. That's my new, that's my new gimmick. That's my, yeah, it's a heck of a log line, Jerry. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm just too tired to fully try to sell it right now. Uh, please check out 
please make sure to check out the Toffee Blues website. Uh, there's a lot of really good Everton content written on there by some uh, some quality Evertonians, uh, good guys, um, who appear on this channel often. Uh, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And um, in MySpace. I don't think that's a thing anymore. It's like the idea of people going to search for. All right, so Jake, <laughs> thanks so much, man. I am, I am, uh, I am done. Always. I'm done with you. I, I, I want to say thank you. You're, you're always the best. You're always, you're always up for it. Always pleasant. Appreciate it. Always, man. It's good to be here. It's good to be back. <laughs> Very cool. Well, hopefully, we'll have you on again soon. It's just sort of a thing. Um, yeah, and for everybody else out there, uh, try to patiently get through the weekend without uh, without any uh, without any Everton game. Because uh, come Monday, time to pay the fiddler. See what happens. Um, many big thanks to to Jake. Much love to to everybody out there. Uh, thanks so much for watching, listening, and uh, yeah, uh, three points, and maybe another uh, JPG signing. Hey 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 hey. All right, everybody. Much love. We're out. Bye.